Mike Kelly is a police officer in Manteca, California. He went to St. Anthony's and Shasta School, along with Manteca High, and joined the police explorers at a young age. It paid off on his dream to serve Manteca. He's a big brother to Tricia, and one time got into a huge fight when someone said the wrong thing about her. He'll tell you, don't talk about her or his mother. There are stories in Mexico. Mike was a Pop Warner coach for years in Manteca. He was a canine officer most of his police career and now serves as the community resource officer that works mainly with Manteca's homeless and the neighborhood watch. He's gotten over 300 people safely into drug and alcohol rehabs and reunification with their families after braving the streets. To hear him tell it, he leads a pretty boring life. As you'll learn, it's anything but boring, and the story of Manteca's own officer Mike Kelly is now on the Man About Town podcast. Hey, what you gonna do when the DJ man comes to talk to you, man? Back the blue, bad boys, bad boys, he's coming for you. Mike Kelly's going to arrest you. Podcast, podcast. Ready or not, here we come. What you gonna do when the DJ man comes to talk to you, man? Tika podcast. What you gonna do when the DJ man comes to talk to you? When you're on a show budget, Mike, you have to have music like this. I sing my own. I don't play it, but I sing my own. I don't have enough money to get myself some parody songs for this podcast. Hello, sir. Hello. How you doing? <laughs> I can't complain. I could, but who'd listen? I'm here listening. No, I'm not going to complain to you. You hear it enough. <laughs> you hear it enough. Tell people who you are. Uh, my name is Mike Kelly, and I work for the city of Manteca. The city of Manteca? <laughs> I'm a police officer in Manteca. You have fun doing that? Uh, yes, I love it. Been something I want to do my whole life. Got to do my dream job. You're from Manteca. I am. I grew up in Manteca. I moved to Manteca when I was in uh, first grade. What street? Uh, Alpine. Alpine. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So near Shasta. Did you go to Shasta? Um, I did go to Shasta my eighth grade year, but I went to St. Anthony's uh, first through seventh grade. Me and you are all, we're road runners, and yep. then we're older years. Shasta now, was I the DJ at the dances? Yes, yes I was the first eighth grade class at it. If you remember having a dance in the portable, it was okay. me. All right, right. Mr. Mello? Yep. Yeah. That's a long time Mr. ago. Mr. Pino, Mr. Mrs. Landreth. That's a long time ago. Actually, Mr. Pino was my my principal. Okay. Yeah. So not, so Mello, you were probably one year of Pino and then Mello, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Interesting. Shasta School. Um, so St. Anthony's. Who was, who was your favorite teacher at St. Anthony's? Uh, I remember a few of them. Miss Rosen, uh, I think she was my fourth grade teacher. And I went to Manteca High. Manteca High, what class? Uh, class of 90. 90. So I'm 86. Does that mean I was there when you were there? Or did Probably graduated as I came in. Yeah, okay. Well, gosh darn it. Missed you. <laughs> missed you by a short shot, it sounds like. Um, I do this podcast, Mike, to make an audio timeline for people that were A- in the city, when I was growing up and still here, right, regardless of whether they're still, I miss George Janice. George Janice, who was supposed to be on the. That's too bad. And we lost him. That's, that's um, just too I bad. was going to get Bill Evanson on, and we lost Bill Evanson. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he, we lost him. Uh, what a, a great thing, if I might add, just to toot my own horn, one of the last things he did, Dan told me, was they went up to a Kettleman City, and on the way home, they listened to the podcast. Oh, awesome. He died the next day, I guess. Uh-huh. It's sort of a sort of a one. They were our landlord. Evanson was, I grew up on Francis Street. Okay. Right mm-hmm. around the corner, not far. Yeah, Francis. So I'm setting an audio timeline for people that have done good by the city. And it takes a certain amount of time spent to get on this. People that are going to be in the Hall of Fame. Hopefully, I can use this audio to tell your story, maybe with a little, you know, a submitted bio or something. Let's maybe get you into it. Some people deserve to be in the Manteca Hall of Fame. Time spent's a big deal for me. 
Well, I feel honored to be here. With and you. that's you. You feel honored. To be, I'm in your house. How could you feel honored from me? I'm coming to you. Thank you. It's a beautiful place here in Escalon. I love all your gear in the back. You need a bar back there. It's coming. You, you it's, got a bar it's coming. coming. It's coming. All right. What did you start at uh, Manteca PD doing? Um, I started back in 1986 as a police explorer with the Manteca Police Department when I was 15 years old. And um, I mean, that's kind of where I started my career is uh, in the uh, police department. I've been there since then. What do you like about being a cop at 15 years old? Uh, when I was 15, I just liked hanging out with the officers, being out there, learning the job, seeing what they're doing day to day. Um, it was it was cool. It was it's it's interesting. You know, it's a good perspective. Now I'm in charge of the Explorer program. So um, not only do, did I start there, I ran the Explorer program and I actually I still kind of do run the Explorer program. Comes around twofold. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You were a booking officer. Correct. Then what? Um, I was a booking officer, and then I got uh, over to the position of the community resource officer position. And what's that? Um, basically, I uh, started off uh, with the homeless. Um, probably 90% of what I do right now is work with the homeless. Um, I get resources to the homeless, uh, resources to people that might become homeless. Anything in the city, I'm in the neighborhood watch program. I'm like a private investigator before <laughs> this podcast go. What? My name is Trisha Kelly, oh. and I am Mike Kelly's sister. Hi. He is my older brother by 18 months, and so I met him the very first day I was born. Oh, oh, oh. I ask him how they know you. That question's not meant for family. That's meant for coworkers. <laughs> so I've really got some. Out of all the people I've done, I think your kids were the funniest with that one because it's, uh, <laughs> did you grow up with him? How do you know him? And you know, they go, well, I know him because he's my dad. <laughs> I cut all that out. I don't bring all that comedy in here. But uh. Uh, My sister, she's uh, you know, like she 18 months younger than me. Grew up with uh, a couple sisters and then a, a handful, actually quite a few foster kids. Really? Mm-hmm. So you, you've sort of uh, had community caring in and around your house growing up. Uh, yes. My parents had several foster kids uh, through pretty much home, uh, most of our lives. We've had uh, several foster kids in the house. Matter of fact, I think my parents adopted three or four of them. Do you, as a natural child, are you jealous when your parents do? What's that like growing up with foster kids? Um, I mean, you already had a sister. Yeah, I had two sisters. Um, I'm sorry, two sisters. Yeah, I got two sisters. And then uh, the foster kids, it didn't bother me. It uh, As a kid, uh, when I got to high school, we ended up being the babysitters, so... That's the only part that was the downfall. We were the babysitters of the kids, but it, it's all right. It was good. It, it was uh, it was good growing up with different people. Yeah, babysit. I'm headed out to Explorer Training. <laughs> what do you know to be true about Mike? Michael is genuinely a good person. What you see is what you get. He's very honest, and he's really funny, and he's really just genuinely kind to people about animals are you kind to animals um yeah i'm kind okay, of animals. all right yeah. he's kind to people <laughs> just generally i don't know if i'm that guy i don't know if i'm i don't know if i'm nice to people all the time how do you how do you acquire that trait some people aren't uh you know we all get our moments you know i i, I get my mood sometimes um i just i enjoy hanging out and uh helping people that's that's one of the, the the traits and it's good about the job that i love that my position i help people a lot and and it's very rewarding and makes you keep going. It gives you the motivation to keep going. Tell me a funny story, Trisha, about Mike. We went to Manteca High School together, and 
I remember in the halls, sometimes you'd be walking through and there would be fights. And if there was a fight in the hall, everybody would run to try to go watch. So I remember one time hearing that there's a fight, there's a fight. Oh, it's Mike Kelly. And I don't know who this Mike Kelly was fighting, but there were three Mike Kellys in the class of 1990. <laughs> and so I said, well, which Mike Kelly? And they said, the narc. And so each Mike Kelly had a different reference based on kind of like what their stereotypical, um, what they were into. So he was known as the narc. And so I knew it was him that was in the fight. So anyways, I guess that's kind of a funny story because I don't know. I know there were at least a few fights at that time when he was in high school. And then another funny thing would happen because because he's older, he drove before me. And so when he would drive the car, he would make me either sit in the back seat or I had to duck because he didn't want anybody to think that I was his girlfriend. That's so, so high school. I thought school. those were kind of funny stories. <laughs> so, that's so high school. Get in the back. Duck down. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who was fighting? Not you? Uh, yeah, but it was because of her. Uh-huh. Yes. What was it? Who were you brawling with? What was it over? Uh, he just made some comments about my sister and uh, just went bad. Next thing you know, punches were being thrown and if I am correct, suspended. If, did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> did you put that on the application when you applied to be a police officer? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was another Mike Kelly that was a cop also, so it wouldn't just be you, right? There was a Sequoia School Mike Kelly, right, that ended up being a police officer. Was he a sheriff, maybe? Is he? I don't, I don't know if he became I a think, cop. yeah, I think one of them, yeah. Okay. I believe so. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. There was three of us total. Uh, in the class of 90. In class of 90, there was three Mike Kellys. So that was one of the most embarrassing parts of it is they called you by your middle name. Um, so it went Mike, you know, middle name Kelly. And my name, my middle name is, uh, uh, you know, quite unique. And people- Bring it on. <laughs> Let's hear it, Mike. What is it? It's Francis. <laughs> so I, I got called Mike Michael Francis Kelly. <laughs> You've been throwing the fists when they start with the Francis stuff. You start that even is probably a little bit more. Uh, no, I don't want to fight. I just I laugh. You just laugh it off. Don't talk about my sister though. Yeah, don't talk about my sister or my mom. My mom was one of them. Why is Mike uh, uh, Trisha a? treasure to our town. Mike is a treasure to Manteca because, I mean, he has grown up in this town. He started off as a police cadet in high school, a reserve officer, and he's always just gone out of his way. He's done a lot of um, just really great things in the community, um, has given back in so many ways. He's been a football coach for many years and also helped with the Explorer program and um, just helping be a mentor to, to teens and to, um, you know, the younger community. And so I just think that that's just really amazing and a unique gift that he's given back. A lot of people wouldn't go out of their way to do extra things, especially that aren't even required for your job. Um, I guess when we get older, we, we start to be nice to each other. So <laughs> that's probably why. <laughs> um, if he wasn't around still, Trisha, how would you explain him to somebody? He is genuinely a really good person. He is a great dad. He is a great brother, son, grandfather. He always thinks about other people. And one thing about him is he does so many things for people and he doesn't do it for any recognition. He just is genuinely a good person. He appears to be rough on the outside and on the edges, but actually he just has a really big heart and he's done so many things for people that nobody even knows that he's done. And I just really feel that 
you know, everywhere I go, people know who Mike Kelly is and they don't even always know that I'm his sister, but they always have good things to say. And, you know, he will take the time. One friend of mine um, had said that his kids were outside playing basketball and when he was on duty he was driving around and he actually stopped to play a game with the kids and that just meant like so much to the um to his kids and so he's just that kind of guy he's just genuinely a really good person and cares about people are you ever a jerk um it depends who you ask (laughs) who would call you a jerk uh by my wife (laughs) nobody important (laughs) right Lots of you can end up sleeping on the couch. Watch out. <laughs> the couch is pretty comfortable. Uh, you brought up your wife. I'm Margaret Kelly, Mike Kelly's wife. I had to pull the voice out of her. Yeah, she's the quiet one. I'm the, the loud one. Well, you're pretty quiet. You're pretty <laughs> quiet right here. Um, Margaret, tell me what's true about Mike. He's honest. He's loyal. He's true to his word. He's respectful. And when he puts his uniform on, he's just not honoring a uniform. He's also protecting his community. What about the title he has being community service uh, person? He likes it. He, if he wasn't compassionate about it and, and caring and wanting to help people, then it would be a little bit different. But he really does like his job. Um, yes, yeah, she's right. I do love my job. I'm very uh, passionate about what I do. I strive to do the best. I asked how you guys met, and she said, Carl's Jr., and I thought you were working beat and driving through the drive-thru to meet her. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. You were a fry slinger. <laughs> yes, I was. Huh? Or the cook, yes. The c- <laughs> I probably saw you there, too. I lived right by Carl's Jr. That was the spot. What was it like working fast food? It's a high school job uh, for me. It was uh, something just paid. I mean, I think I made three thirty-five an hour back then uh, working at Carl's Jr. And I thought that was good money, you know, when I was 17, 18 years old. I worked at Carl's Jr. My twin sister worked there, and she was a manager, and that's how I met my husband. We've been married 30 years. We have two beautiful grandchildren, three children, uh, two daughters and a son. Our oldest daughter works for All Care, and my other daughter, she um, just finished college, graduated with a master's and all that. She wants to be a social worker. And the boy does? Uh, he works for the correctional officer up in Susandale. Did you guys think you were going to have three kids? No. I knew, but I don't think he knew. I, we had two girls, and I said, nope, we're having a boy. We're going to end up having a boy. Trapped. Uh, yeah, that was pretty surprising that she told me. <laughs> How about a funny story, Margaret? We lived in this house and had stairs. And he, um, well, I didn't tell him, but I kind of like polished it. And he came home from work and he um, decided just to go at the top of the stairs and get on it and go sliding down. Well, as he's sliding down, he didn't realize it was real slippery. And he um, put black marks all down the side of the wall and his head went through the wall. He went head first. Um, yeah, it was funny. Um, after I laughed, I asked him if he was okay. Uh, she sprayed the pledge. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I went down there with there pretty fast. I, the, the black marks all the way down the wall were for my shoes trying to stop. Your cop shoes? No, it was okay. just some, some shoes I had all the way down trying to stop. <laughs> That's funny. You got another one? Uh, the Chief's Ball, they had a karaoke contest and he did um this girl's on fire by um alicia keys yes yes and um he really got into it i mean he had everybody laughing and clapping and singing along with him and stuff were you part of the preparation did he practice at home oh yeah in front of me in front of our kids um in fact they cheered him on they said no dad you got to do some more of this and that but it it was funny (laughs) here wait let me play a clip here Oh. 
that was you, huh? You had the, you got the tones there of, uh, <laughs> yeah, Alicia Keys. Just for the record, I, I won the contest, the lip sync contest. <laughs> Why that song? I <laughs> uh, just try to be funny. Um, just my personality. Did it work? I, I won a free trip to Las Vegas for it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Chiefs ball is that what it was? Yeah. What's that? Explain to the layman. Uh, the Chiefs ball is uh, an event that uh, it's a fundraiser that uh, the Chiefs Police Foundation has that. Um, gives out donations to children and um, stuff like that. What would you like to tell him, Margaret? I know I probably don't tell him enough, but I do need to tell him thank you, and I do appreciate everything he does. I appreciate that he let me get to stay home and raise our kids when they were little, and I'm also thankful that I get to stay home and help watch my grandkids. I know that when he puts that uniform on and when he walks out the door, you never know if, if they're going to come home or not until they walk through that door back in. And I know he takes his job seriously. Why is he a treasure to Manteca? Because he cares about his community. He takes his job very, very seriously. He's always wanting and always willing to help others. And he always puts their needs before his needs. And I think it's just the way he was brought up because, you know, he's, he's just very compassionate. And he does see that just because they're homeless doesn't mean that they're a bad person. There is a good person in them. They just need a little help. They've had hard times. And if he can take one person out of 20 people off the street, he did his job. You know, there are times when we're at home and he'll get a phone call and it's work. And sometimes he'll leave to go and take somebody to go put him in a hotel or something like that until they can get into a program. He's just very, very compassionate about it. Again, I'm very passionate what I do. I, I really like what I do. And um, yeah, somebody calls and they're in need. I will drive to Manteca and do what I have to do. I've done it several times. What does the job description entail? What is your responsibility and what type of tools do you have available to you as the community service outreach. As a community resource officer, um, I have a lot of tools. Um, there's a lot of backing. Manteca is a very good town. Even with you know people not liking a lot of what's going on, we have a lot of people in town that really help um, when I need it. Um, some people don't want to be named, um, but I have places where if there's an emergency, I can put people up in motel rooms. Um, I've gotten people off the streets with certain people with um, connections to drug and rehab uh, programs. Um, I was, I mean, so far within the last five years, I mean, I've been able to help over 300 people. Are there people that can't be helped? I don't want to say can't be helped. I think can't be helped is, is a bad word. Can't is, um, that's a choice. I think it's people that aren't ready. Um, there's people that I put into a program that um, is taken two, three, four times into the program before they succeed. So, um, but you do see it after third and fourth times. I, I just, I, I'm not, I believe in not giving up on people at any age. No, you give, we're all people. We all, you know, we're all human beings and, um, mental health, health is a big problem out there on the streets. Um, you know, addiction, drug and alcohol is really bad. It's real. And you mix those together and it's even, I just, I'm a firm believer. I talk to family members of people on the streets all the time calling me, hey, what can we do? And we, we try to coordinate a plan as to try to give, get them help, whether it's program, mental health, what do we need to do to move to the next level um, to get people help? I don't know how you keep repeatedly going to the well for some folks if they seem like they're not going to be helped. But I'm sort of touched by it because my wife operates a business in town and she's in one of the ground, you know, zero problems for homeless and, and the addicted. And it's an everyday thing. And I, and I wish Mike, I wish you could clear it up. I wish it wasn't there. I wish you would sweep it up with a broom and it'd be gone, but that's just not the, not the case. Yeah, you're right. It is a, 
a problem over there and um it has gotten better over there believe it or not um people have come off the streets over in that in those locations but homelessness is not a problem of manteca you know homelessness is a problem across the state of california it's it's nice to live here the weather doesn't get too bad we have a state that sort of is looking the other way at these times right yeah i think that if we could keep people in jail longer for the crimes that they're doing. I mean, we're decriminalizing a lot of, of crimes and that's making it tough on the streets. I mean, I, I remember years ago when marijuana was a big deal on the streets. Now it's, you know, you're getting a ticket for it. If, if that it's legal, you're trying to fight a war with no gun or no tools, you know, you've got to have tools to fight the war. And, right. you know, it, it makes it kind of tough when you, you, you were just letting these people go. I uh, commend you. Like I said, because, when I drive through there, I have a different opinion. So it's good that someone is looking out for them. Someone's got to. Someone's got to look after them. That's cool that you do it. Don't get me wrong. Did they, they pick you? Who? Whoever to make the community service. At. What, who was doing the job before? Uh, it was created. Okay. So it was created. And you're the first. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm very compassionate. I go out there and do my job. However, I, I, there is a fine line. I still have to do my job as a law enforcement officer. If there's a crime being committed, I mean, I have to address the, the, the crime. I can't just, you know, I don't go out there and just, you know, hug them and tell them, hey, I understand you just did this crime. I'm going to let you go. No, we, well, if I have to arrest them, I will arrest them. They know that. They know that my job as a police officer comes first. However, I will treat them with respect, um, even if I'm arresting them and they know. Hi, my name is Van Clay DeFreitas. I'm a retired police officer for the city of Manteca. Clay. And that's how I met Mike Kelly. He was a police explorer and he came out and rode with me several times. And I'd see him around the police department now and then riding with other officers and doing other things that explorers do. And we just hit it off and became friends. Mike works hard at everything he does and he tries to do the best he can at everything. That's from work to coaching to his home. Everything is uh, done correctly to the best of his ability. I probably remember you riding around as an explorer with Clay being out in my red Dotson out there on the on the run in the old days when people were still half-assed cruising. He used to cruise me and you sent me to there. <laughs> Park at the sports center. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember those days. Hey, tell me, Clay, what someone might not know about Mike. I coached with Mike for several years at the Pop Warner level and two different teams. He is an intense coach. He takes every play very serious. But I don't think what a lot of people know is that he gets so nervous before big games that he has literally thrown up, sometimes more than once before a game, because he gets that into the game. I don't think Mike thinks that's funny, but I think it's funny. He's laughing, Clay. It's okay. <laughs> Throw up before the big game, huh? That's um, you? Yeah. What age? What age group of kids? Um, I've coached uh, nine, ten-year-olds. Which one made you puke? Um, All of them? Well, I've, I've been, it's usually before the big games, championship games, Super Bowls, stuff Not like that. Not an age-related thing. It doesn't matter the age of the kids, but no, uh, just, just the... Just nervousness, because, you know, you try to do good. You try not to let the kids down. You know, you, you try to prepare the kids and hope they're ready to go. Why is Mike a treasure to the city of Manteca? Yeah. Mike is a treasure to the city of Manteca because he does a very difficult job. He does it well. Dealing with the homeless people of Manteca is a big deal right now. And he has helped many people get off the streets and tries to help them as much as he can. That's a difficult job. I don't envy him one bit. Neither do I. I consider Mike to be one of my best friends. We've known each other for 35 years. 
years. Yeah, I've been to his home, he's been to my homes, we've had laughs together, and we've cried together. And to say that after 35 years we are still good friends, that's saying something about Mike. Mike, I think you're one of the best friends I have. I consider you that. I hope you consider me one of your friends. And hopefully we can continue our get-togethers in the poker room uh, for a very long time to come. Love you, brother. Thanks, Clay. Love you too, buddy. My name is John Orcutt. Yeah. I am a retired police officer with the city of Manteca. Hi, John. And I've known Mike Kelly since uh, the mid-80s when we both started at the police department at the same time. How did you meet him? I met Mike at the police department in uh, late 1986 or early 1987. I started there as a police officer. He is a volunteer. And uh, shortly after, I took over the volunteer program, which he was a part of, and I've known him ever since, about 30 years or so. Tell me about John. Uh, John, uh, he was a rookie officer when I got hired as a police explorer, so we both kind of started at the same time. He moved up to the rank of captain when he retired. John, and uh, he was one of my best friends. You know, he's one of my best friends. Uh, He kind of taught me, you know, showed me the ropes, and I used to ride with him a lot. I ask a lot of people what they know to be true about you, so hopefully only facts come. Well, there is a lot to know about Mike Kelly. Uh, He is a good employee from... uh, aspect of the police department, a hard worker. Um, he is a good friend, honest, uh, loyal to a fault, and uh, he loves his family dearly. Tell me a funny story, John. Back when he was a volunteer at the police department, he was notorious for not being able to stay awake late. But I worked the night shift, and he wanted to learn more about DUIs and uh, stolen vehicles and and those sorts of crimes which occur on the late shift. As a rule, he would start dozing off on the passenger side around (laughs) one, two, but certainly by three. (laughs) And uh, in order to keep Mike awake, all I had to do was start taking quick left turns, and every time his noggin would bounce right off of the passenger side window, (laughs) and after three or four of those, he would wake up and he'd be good for a while and we'd go catch a DUI or something, but it was pretty funny to watch. Do you got sleep apnea? Have you been tested all these years later? Have you ever been tested? <laughs> no. Oh. I tried once and... Uh, no go? Everything they, was good? Well, no, they told me I had to come back. I was like, I'm not doing that again. I had to sleep in the doctor's office. It was... Oh, hold on a second. Public service announcement. Same thing happened to me. They might have been calling you back because the test was horrifically one way and correct. <laughs> okay. But that's what they did to me. I went home. I went in. Yeah, it's horrible. They hang like 80, 80 65 wires on you. And, right. Right. And they put Can't you in sleep. that room. It's hard to sleep. They put the mask on you, which you're not used to. Yeah. Right. And then they. Wake you up every 10 minutes. And then they come <laughs> in at the end and they go, go home. Well, then they call you and they go, something went wrong. Yep. Exactly. You'll have to come back. <laughs> Mike. Now I'm going to tell you, I tell everybody. <laughs> go back for your sleep test and figure out if it was a bad test. Cause I went back and they found out it was not a foul text. And they woke me up within one hour said, you can go home 97 occurrences. Wow. That's waking up every 15 seconds. So they thought the machine was broken. Wow. They might've thought your machine was broken. Get back in there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do that. Make, make a promise to me that you go do that. Got a perf- uh, favorite number, Mike, a particular uh, reason you like a certain number. Um, you know, I like number 11. Why? You know, I don't know what it is, but uh, I'm not, when I was uh, up in uh, Reno, I always like to uh, throw my money down on roulette. And, Red or black? Um, it's black. Always bet on yeah. black. Yeah, you know, I you made me so mad. I went up there uh, a few weeks ago, and I didn't do so well. And some 
drunk, obnoxious kids came up to the table, and I was like, you know what, number 11 is going to hit. And these kids didn't even know how to play the game. And? He put $10 down on number 11 and hit. I was so mad because I didn't have any money on You'd number 11. you already picked up your money. I'd already done, lost all my money. <laughs> <laughs> what do you admire about uh, Mike Kelly, John? One of the things that I admire most about Mike is that deep down he is a very kind individual, and that's been evidenced over and over again by some of the awards he's won uh, from the city of Manteca and other places, most notably in just the things that he does day in and day out. Like a lot of people might not know that he has for years used his own money to purchase meals for the homeless on Thanksgiving, taken his family and some of his friends out onto the streets and delivered these meals uh, that he's paid for himself. Uh, in other cases, he's um, fostered young children who were in very poor living conditions and taken them into his own home and fostered them for a long time, months, or, or even longer. And so, you know, there's a lot of good things to respect about Mike, you know, his, his loyalty and his friendship and his work ethic and all that. But one that might not come up is just exactly how kind he is when, you know, it uh, really comes down to it. Really fun to take care of kids that don't have around the holidays. I know that from being in radio and I know that from doing charity. That's a fun, fun thing. So I know why you do it. It's hard to do. Some people can't afford to do that. I think everybody should do that. I think everybody should teach their kids to do that. Um, yeah, it was, um, I just, it was funny because I remember one time just one story stuck out to me. Uh, we went to a, a homeless camp and my kids were pretty little at the time. And uh, we brought some, my kids were giving the food and this lady was giving the tour of her place. I said, hey, this is my living room and this is my bedroom. And my kids walked out of there and they were like, what, what was that? You know, that was no living room. That was no bedroom. Like she didn't have any food. She didn't have hardly any clothes there. And um, I just try to raise my kids so that they are aware of what poverty is like so that, you know, hopefully they will strive not to be in that position. Something I would like to say to Mike that I have never said to him. Mike and I have been close friends for way too long to have any secrets. So I'll just come up with something simply I've never said to him. Um, Mike, you could stand to put on a couple pounds. You're looking awful thin. <laughs> These police officers. All right, These cops. <laughs> I wasn't able to get a hold of your son. Tell me about your son where he works right now because he can't tell his own story. And there's a reason he wasn't able to send me audio because uh, he's in Susanville. Yeah, uh, my son, he, uh, he's, he's doing pretty good. He's 23 years old, I think now. He, um, 20, he'll be 24 this year. Yeah. In a couple months, he, uh, got hired on with corrections, the CDC. And, uh, he went through the Academy and is now currently working up at the prison up in Susanville. And he can't get to us because the fire is up there. Yeah. He's had a tough go the last two summers. Uh, he's been up there a year and a half and the last two summers, well, the only two summers he's been there. Um, last year he was evacuated from his house and he was couch surfing with other people that he worked with that he didn't even know. So, uh, you know, there's not a lot of places to stay up there. Can I be devil's advocate and ask why he would go to Susanville of all places? I did not. I went there to for, looked at a radio job one time. That was one of the weirdest places I've ever, no sidewalks. The yards were right into the, it was weird. Well, he was uh, 22 when he got the job and, um, that was what they offered him. Mm. Um, when you get hired with the CDC, you don't get to pick where you want to go. Oh, okay. So like you, you they assign you, they assign you. Yeah. So when they do your whole background and do everything, which is a year and a half long, they come and say, Hey, we'll give you a job at Susanville. 
And if you decline it on the third uh, time you decline it, you have to start the program all over again. Pardon me for saying I don't like Susanville. Sheesh. <laughs> so my buddy Coop probably got assigned up there. Yes. His wife's a nurse. She's a nurse. But well, she told me some crazy stories. I like it up there. I mean, I, we went up there and visited a few times. Ooh. and he has Compared a nice, to where you live here in Escalon? Come he's, on. <laughs> he's got a nice little place. He, he owns a home. He's, uh, he's doing well. That's sweet. Wish I could have had him on the podcast. So thank you for, for doing the doubles and being caught in the fire and all that. Uh, I wish I could have uh, got him, but I was able to talk to... Hello, everybody. My name is Alyssa Kelly. I am Mike Kelly's oldest daughter. What do you know to be true about Mike? I know that he is loyal, honest, caring, and that he puts on his uniform and he is going to honor it by protecting and serving his community. Tell me a funny story about your dad. Oh man, where do I even start? (laughs) There are so many stories, but one that sticks out is that one time we were getting ready to eat dinner and my dad came walking into the kitchen and before we could tell him that the chair was broken, he sat right into the chair and all you see is his feet flying backwards and him flying backwards. The chair just broke as soon as he snapped it and yeah, it was the funniest thing ever. We laughed for the longest time. You just literally just saw his feet flying into the air. You have some <laughs> more rigid chairs here that we're sitting in today. Huh? Is it played into your decision when you purchase chairs? I'm just glad that's the only story she came up with. Uh, we're not done yet. But why is he a treasure to our city, Alyssa? I love to ask that question to folks. Why is Mike a treasure to Antica? Well, like I said, he's a good man and someone that I have looked up to my entire life. He is dedicated to his job and to him, it's not just a job, but he likes what he does and that is to help other people. That's sweet. I would like to just say that he is a very hardworking person and he cares about his community and the people that are in it. Um, he has worked hard his entire life to be the person he is today and he is someone that I am proud to call my dad. Tell me about your daughter. Yeah, my daughter, uh, I can't believe I've got almost a 30-year-old daughter, but um, she's, Welcome. she's doing well. Um, she has two beautiful children. Um, I love my grandkids to death. That is uh, truly my life. Um, I live for those little <laughs> those little kids, man. Um, she lives around the corner, so my grandkids are like seven houses away from me total. So cool. It is awesome. And you I, got your playground going back here. Yeah, I got, I got a little play area for them. Um, I love to spoil them. Oh, that's the funnest. <laughs> yeah, right? spoil them, then I send them home. I got these cards here. <laughs> here let's see. Pick a number. Pick a number. Uh, 22. Do you have a birthmark? And if so, where is it? Um, I don't have a birthmark. <laughs> you don't have a birthmark? No. You were hatched. I must have been. <laughs> You're here from another planet. I, uh, I, is there something you'd like to tell your dad, Alyssa? Thank you for always being there for us while we grew up. I mean, you were always there for us. Even though I cheered, you still always supported me and came to my games no matter what. Even though I know you only came just to watch the football games, though. <laughs> but no matter what, it always mattered the most that you were still there. But I also want to just say um, he is an amazing grandpa to my two beautiful babies, and I couldn't have asked for a better grandpa for them. Um, dad, you're an amazing person, and I'm very proud to call you my dad. And I love you. Yeah, I love you too, kid. You get me all choked up here. It's kind of, kind of, um, yeah. I love my kids. I love them dearly, man. And now who? Hello, everyone. My name is Caitlin uh, Kelly, and I'm Mike Kelly's youngest daughter. Hi, Caitlin. What do you know to be true about Mike? He makes sacrifices for his family without any hesitation. He's honest. He's loyal. He's caring. He's loving. I can keep going on. 
he honors his job and when he puts his uniform on each day he will serve and protect his community without any hesitation tell me a funny story about your dad oh man there's so many funny stories i don't even know where to begin <sighs> the one that comes to my mind <sighs> is when we took a vacation to ensenada mexico it was a carnival cruise and when we got off in mexico we stopped at this bar and after a couple hours, we had to get ready to get back on the cruise ship. I remember him being like, I really have to use the restroom. So we're like, we're going to be late, but all right, hurry up and use the restroom. Like, and then we'll go like 10 minutes have passed by. And my mom's like, well, where's he at? Like, we can't find him anywhere. So as we go into this place, he is up on a table pole dancing. We were like all blown away and shocked. And to this day, we look back on it and we all laugh about it. It's one of the funniest stories. Um, but again, like I said, there are so many funny stories. Uh, I, I <laughs> look at the color of red you turned. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I was drinking heavily that day. Well, I hope so. <laughs> uh, wow. I like to be the life of the party sometimes. <laughs> Why is your dad a treasure, Caitlin, to our city? Why is Mike a treasure to Manteca? He's very loyal honest and caring and very dedicated to his job. Something that he likes to do is to help other people. So to him, it's not even just a job. He invests all of his time and energy so he can help everyone else out as much as possible. Describe him. He's a very hardworking man that puts everyone else before himself. He would do anything to make sure that everyone around him is okay and has what they need before himself. He'll go above and beyond, not just for his like family, but at work as well. And I'm honestly so proud to call him my dad. Would you like to say something to him, Caitlin? Personally, there's so many things I would like to say. I would first like to thank him for putting me in all the sporting events from basketball to softball to travel sports. I honestly know how expensive it can be. Like at the time, I didn't like realize all the expenses and the time and energy that goes into it. Growing up, you learn that it's not just easy because it gets expensive. It's hassles because it does take away from family vacations because being in sports does consume a lot of time. He never once complained about the hectic schedule and not just that, but he also attended every game, whether that be him coaching or him just sitting in the stands, cheering me on and being there. You were there, you supported me and I am so beyond thankful for that. Also, thank you for all you have done for all of us. You've gone above and beyond to make sure to give us everything that we needed growing up and words will never be enough to say thank you. I love you. Bam. I love you too, kid. <laughs> Very cool. Um, what's the craziest thing you ever seen as a cop? Can you narrow it down to one thing? Is there just way too many things? Probably uh, hard to narrow it down. Um, there's days you go and you uh, you think you've seen it all, and then you see something new, and you just it, there's things that just like <laughs> that just happened. Does anything stick with you over the years? Anything you can't get out of your mind? Some of the hardest things is seeing uh, for me is uh, seeing hurt children. That was probably some of the hardest stuff. What don't people know about being a Manteca police officer? Uh, Manteca is a great department. We, um, you know, we have integrity. Um, we have a great department. We have a bunch of great officers that work there. Um, cops aren't what everybody thinks that they are. You know, we're human beings. We, we put our pants on just like everybody else. We bleed red. You just probably like could have put else. some pants on before I came over. <laughs> well, I can go put them on now if you like. No, leave them <laughs> off. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, you know, we, we, we're just like every other, but everybody else out there. It's just the job that we, we chose to do. Hello, I'm Mike Aguilar. I am the police chief for the Manteca Police Department. I know Mike Kelly through work. He started with our department as a reserve police officer about 22 years ago. At that time, I was an officer on patrol. 
and I had the opportunity to work side by side with him on patrol with him riding out and also assisting as a booking officer. So is Mike now the actual chief? I know he was interim. Is he still interim or is he now the guy? He's now the guy. Okay. He's the, he's the big cheese. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Good guy. I met him at, um, we threw a uh, party and there was a wedding reception. We did it in his backyard because we were supposed to do it at the rec room there at the Oakwood, whatever it's called, Shores. Oh, yeah. And we didn't even do the rec. So we went to his place. He got beautiful. I know his wife, uh, Kim. I went to school mm -hmm. with her. Uh, but beautiful pool we went back there and had a good time uh, there were some sheriffs there and the sheriffs were practicing there as <laughs> the they were getting, stuff <laughs> what's it called when the eyes the you know, the, so they're you know and they had me to i've never drank a drop of alcohol in my life i don't drink anything but water okay no soda no nothing and i go in there and they're over there i can see it and i'm thinking well look at these cherries over here you know 20 21 <laughs> years old these kids are young and they're over there like they're getting off i've been there you know they're doing the thing and i walk over and i go so what's up guys you know people really weren't dancing but i go hey what's going on over there and i can see what they're doing i go well do you need a you need to show what it actually should look like because none of them were, you go, see, see, see. They were like standing behind each other. Like, see, look how it and see, I notice it doesn't travel correct and notice how it stops and all that. I go, well, let me jump in there. And they go, now look, and my eyes are all, you know, doing exactly what they're supposed to do. But all of them, they were, you know, it was like they were punching themselves in the, like burning themselves with the, on a, a hot something and go, you go ahead and burn it. You know, it was just kept going with the, with the test there. But, uh, Oh, sheriffs. <laughs> sheriffs. Tell me a funny story, <clears throat> Chief. It was about 20 years ago. I was still on patrol as an officer. On that night, Mike Kelly was riding out with another officer. It was a busy night. Officers were busy responding to calls and handling a variety of other incidents that were going on in the city. The officer that Mike was riding with and Mike, they get dispatched to a call over on the street, Silverado. Well, they acknowledge on the radio that they copied the call and they were going to be en route to it. And they put the mic down, as usually officers do in their car, put it back on the, the little holder. Well, back in those days, if you didn't put it back in the slot right, sometimes the little mic key would get pressed still and you would continue to transmit not knowing it with it being in the mic holder. Well, that's what happened that night to Mike Kelly and the officer that he's riding with. Mike Kelly still being relatively new, was unsure where Silverado was. You could hear the conversation that was going on in their patrol vehicle as they're responding to this call. And Mike's telling the officer that he's riding with, he goes, I know where Silver Trail is, Silverado, Silver Bells. He starts singing Silver Bells on the radio. And they did not know it, that they were being transmitted for everybody to hear that Mike uh, was singing Silver Bells. And if you know Mike, he loves Christmas time. When you see him walking around the hallways of the police department, uh, he's always uh, singing Christmas carols. He loves that time of year. And from that incident to this day, every time I hear silver bells, I think of Mike Kelly. Oh, hold on. Let me run a piece of it. Let's get ourselves in the mood real quick. Silver bells. Silver bells. It's Christmas time. Ah, yes. Oh, it cooled down the room. You play that, it just brings down the temperature of the room. Silver bells, huh? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it was... Uh, Silverwood. Silver, I did not know it. Silver bells. Soon it will be... <laughs> can't sing very good, but I tell you, I like to sing. And you're keyed up the whole time. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. How about something else, Chief? One thing I like to 
add about Mike is that he's very good at what he does. You would not know it if you were to ask him that. He has such great humility. He is a very humble man. I think a key to his success, he relates to people, he cares about people, and he can talk to people. This is a great combination, and that's why people trust him. They reach out to him when they need help, and they also reach out to him when they need work to be done. There's lots of police officers in town, Chief. Why specifically, as a co-worker and peer, is Mike a treasure to our town? Mike is a treasure to Manteca for a variety of reasons. First of all, he has a very kind and giving heart, and this is seen in the work that he's done in our community by giving back, from him coaching youth football to his work with helping the homeless and a variety of other charitable acts that he does. He's very giving of himself and his time. Uh, He's pretty selfless when it comes to that. There are many, many times that he is off duty, not working, and he takes the time to respond to people who reach out to him that need his help. He does a great job with it. He doesn't do it for thanks. He does it because it's the right thing. And that's why he's a treasure, because he doesn't seek to be acknowledged for this. He does it because it's the right thing. So he is truly a treasure to our community because he loves it. And Mike, something else you'd like to tell him before I turn him loose. Mike and I have had a lot of conversations over the years. We've had a lot of laughs, had a lot of serious conversations, and have just spoken candidly with each other, whether it's personal life or work life. I would like to share with him that I always look forward to him coming by my office or stopping to talk to me in the hallway because I always know that I'm going to leave that conversation in a better spirits, better mood, because he is so positive and can make you laugh. We've had many laughs over the years, and I look forward to many more with him. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Chief. What would you like to say to people of Manteca? Manteca is a great town. You know, enjoy it. It you know, there's a lot of negativity that comes up in the town of of it's not what it used to be, and I just know that you know the town has grown a lot. You know, growing up in town, um, it's kind of what it is here in Escalon. You know, it's it's a small town. It was a small town. You could leave your bike out front; nobody would steal it. Now you better not leave it out front because if you leave it out front, it's going to be gone when you get up in the morning. Why do police leave the homeless there? Why don't they move them about? If we get a shelter, will they stop? being able to camp or will they have to go to a shelter? If we put up a place, can you make them go somewhere and not be all over the town? Well, the city has camping ordinances. Um, and this is kind of where people understand that the definition of camping. Explain to Manteca what exactly is happening. So they know, um, the, uh, the homeless are allowed to sleep. Um, there's a city ordinance that allows them to sleep between 11 o'clock at night and six o'clock in the morning. Um, what I, my job is to do is six o'clock in the morning as I go downtown and, I'm the human alarm clock. I wake them all up, move them along. So when businesses are coming out there, customers are coming, that they're not sleeping out in front of businesses. Um, they're not allowed to be out there sleeping, camping, um, not sleeping, but camping between the hours of 6 a.m. and 11 p.m. So they gather up all their belongings um, after they, they sleep at the library. Most majority of them sleep at the library at night. How come? It's a public place. And we don't have too many public places. There's not a lot of public places that they can just sleep and not. There's other rules. You can't block the sidewalks. You know, the sidewalks are public, but you can't block them. And uh, if you haven't noticed, they have a lot of property usually with them. And that's what the biggest complaint about the homeless is, is the property and their belongings that they have. But it's not camping. It's when they pack their stuff up and they take it over to the park. 
They're just then sitting in the park with all their belongings. It's not a crime. It's not against the law. You know, one of the things I try to explain to people is, um, you know, you don't see shopping carts, you know, um, they're not drinking when I'm out there. They're not doing drugs when I'm out there, but people, you know, people, some people report that it, some of the crimes are happening. We go out there and we evaluate if it's happening, it's addressed. Explain how, what you can and cannot do with people on drugs nowadays. Um, if they're under the influence, we can take them to jail. I mean, if they're under the influence and uh, they're unable to care for themselves, um, simply just being high, um, it doesn't justify that. But if you're unable to care for yourself and you're falling down and, you know, you're going to step in front of a vehicle or you're going to get hurt, then we can take you into protective custody and put you into uh, um, basically like the drunk tank when you're too drunk. But without all of those elements, someone's just okay probably to use. Well, I don't want, I never say it's okay to use drugs are really bad. And, you know, um, I, I try to, to educate these people on, you know, you don't, that's you great. Put but this into your but body. the fact is, I mean, th- there's, there's laws and you, you know, we, it's, you know, they've changed. They've definitely changed. Uh, the population of Manteca is what hitting 85, 90,000 people. Um, it's about half of, you know, what it was when, I mean, it's double what it was when I grew up there and, you know, more people, more crime, you know, more people, more homeless people. A lot of people like to compare us to Ripon. We're not ripping, you know, you know, You're never going to be ripping again. That's just not going to, I live in right. ripping and boy, I'll tell you what, you even have a snotty nose walking downtown and they're going to, they're going to get you. It's the same thing though. You can't compare us to Stockton. We're not Stockton. Right. You go to Stockton. It's, it's, it looks, it looks awful out there. You right. know, there's, there's, it's bigger city, bigger problems. How are they able to be on the highways? What's the deal with that? Is it a function of Caltrans or is it a function of the highway patrol? It's not a function of the police. It's a, it's both um, highway patrol and Caltrans. Um, like the 12099 interchange there, that's Caltrans and the highway, highway patrol. Um, through the pandemic, uh, Governor Newsom um, put can't a, jostle them, can't do anything with them. Correct. So that's why it kind of got out of control a little bit because their hands, they were told nothing. What do you think is going to happen? I don't know. Um, what would you like to see happen as a police officer? I'd like to clean this up. It, it, it is. Uh, what does it entail? You mean cleaning it up? Um, the city's working on some uh, stuff right now to with Caltrans as a contract to get some of that cleaned up. When we clean up a camp, we have to go out there and mark it for 72 hours. Um, uh, Caltrans just gave the city the right of way to go on to the property and, and make those cleanups. Is Moffat City PD? Yes, it's, it's the highway patrol. The over the overpass up in there that they built the, the walls in. That's all highway patrol. You can't go do Caltrans. nothing there? Well, that's what we're getting the right of way to go do. Oh, okay. That's we're getting the right of way to go do that and get all that cleaned up. Um, like I said, we got to market for 72 hours. It's kind of like a vehicle. You got to go tag it. Um, Nobody comes back to get it. You show up and grab it. Right. And we have to, if there's prop, personal property, like, you know, um, IDs and, and stuff that, that's, you know, I have to book that stuff into property um, so that if they want to come back later and get it, they can get it. That's a lot of work. It could be. Yes. A whole lot of work. In addition to what the state's done with the homeless, do you go, wow, that's a lot of work I don't want to do and drive by? No. Do some? Know. Do some? Um, well, I mean. Maybe if, not you. If you can't do anything about it, I mean, then what are you going to do? What does that feel like as a police officer to have your hands tied like that? Are you the wrong person to ask? I might be the wrong person to ask because I'll go out there and I'll talk to them. You know, um, I try to talk to people, you know, the homeless, as, as far as like, hey, look, this is why people judge you because it's messy out here. It's because it's it's nasty. It's gross. You know, if you cleaned up, no. People wouldn't care as much. 
but it, it does look awful out there. And I do try to get them um, resources. You know, I, I bring twice a month. I go out with mental health, medical services. Um, we, we go out from some of the, the faith-based communities. We go out to the homeless and we try to get them uh, resources. And there's many times we've actually taken people and put them in to resources, whether it's a place, it's a shelter, it's mental health, um, get them their medication for mental health. Um, there's a lot of, there's some challenges out there and people don't understand what, what, you know, what goes on. And there's a lot of people that complain. Some of our biggest naysayers come out with us and they see what's going on and they end up being our, some of our biggest helpers. Charlie Halford says, don't complain if you're not willing to get involved. I don't disagree with I that. I heard that statement. from Dick Cross too. Come on out. I encourage everybody. Uh, every other Tuesday at 9 a.m., we meet in front of the city council chambers. We don't go in the chambers anymore because of COVID. We meet out front at 9 a.m. every other Tuesday and we hit it. We go, out to all, we go out to the homeless. We get resources and try to get people out of there, you know, get them off the streets. Do you have more success stories than you do not? Uh, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. What's, tell me about one of your success stories. I had a, uh, a family. That, uh, yeah, there's so many of them. I'll just give you one Please. Uh, in, in particular. I was home and I got a call from a young lady and I was, I was still kind of new and I brought my work cell phone home with me on the weekends. Got a call and this young lady was in, in dire need. She had five children. They were sleeping in their van. So I drove to Manteca. Um, I contacted some people in the shelter. They didn't have any room and she was told to come in on Monday. So I drove to Manteca. I met with her and I put her in a motel room for three nights um, she wasn't able to get into the room for a few days. I made a couple calls. We got her a few more nights in a motel. She ended up being there a week. And uh, she ended up going into the shelter after that. But there's been many of those. How many shelters are there in our town? Um, well, we don't, We just have the one shelter. It's a family shelter. You have to have a child to enter the shelter. And then we also have our tent, which is a resource center. Are they about to do something inside that old Qualex building? Um, they're looking over on South Main Street, that big empty lot right there. Um, put in a navigation center, um, some low-income housing. Um, I know that's in the works. Um, so I, I don't, I'm, I'm not really privy to all of that, that stuff. I'm just the guy on the streets, um, and kind of where I want to be. Um, I'm better at that than I am planning that kind of stuff. I appreciate you taking time to talk to me about all this. I appreciate you coming to my house. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me in your place. It's beautiful. Every I, I really got to step up my game at my house. You know, my house is like a glorified recording studio. My poor wife, you know, <laughs> nothing's too fancy. You know, I try to get some stuff on the, you know, you got all your blessed and all the stuff on the wall. She moves. She's always working. I'm always in one room, out one room, in one room. You know, there's different studios in each of the rooms and, uh, everybody's home. I got to step up my home thing a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure it's just fine. <laughs> it's just fine. If you're using it as a, as a studio, you know, <laughs> the TV works real well. I got five dogs When you have five dogs in the house. You know, that's kind of hard to maintain. Right. All of this sanity you have in here, sort of insane around. My I got house. one running around here. You do. I saw it over there and I, when I screamed to, she's not very cheap. When I tested your acoustics in there, she wasn't very concerned that I made all that noise. Um, she's a retired police dog. Oh, okay. so she's 12 years old and, uh, uh, she's getting old. You know, she's, she's having her, her issues right now. Let me ask you one final crazy <laughs> question out of my little deck of cards here. Do you have a favorite t-shirt? And if so, what's on it? Uh, yeah, I wear all, um, all my shirts. If you can see, I'm wearing a old guys rule shirt. Um, like I think most all of the shirts I wear are old guys rule, old guys rule, old guys rule. That's your thing. That's my thing. I'm an old guy now. How old? I'm going to be 50 this year. 
<laughs> we're doing just fine. You see some of the guys I work with, I'm getting old. <laughs> Continue to do the good uh, job that you do, Mike. Um, there's going to be people listening that go, yeah, he's a lot nicer than me. And uh, <laughs> I can tell you that from sitting here. Yeah, that's true. If you're listening right now, that's a fact. Um, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for serving our city and good luck and be safe as you can out there. Okay. Thank you, sir. So the show is called the Man About Town Podcast, Mantika. And my name is Aaron Goodwin, also known as Randy Bubba Black. I do it in order to set a time in history. You make sure you add our page, subscribe to our feed, share, tell a friend, find us exclusively on Anchor Podcast. I promise you a great guest every week for the next year. And I thank you for today's listen. The podcast is sole property of Aaron Goodwin. It may not be reproduced or distributed without written consent. All music used in the podcast is utilized and covered by fair rights usage. Mantikapodcast.com.